I shall read a very familiar scripture, Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. There are two powers in the world. One is the power of a descending, which brings us down into the evil, dehumanizing. And the other is the power of ascending, takes us up to God, being a true human. Which power do you experience more often? Descending or ascending? Of course, descending power because the gravity of sin, since we are confined in this flesh and blood. So we must keep praying for the thrust against the power of descending, against the gravity. So the moment we pray is the beginning of reality of our life as a principal agent. The ending part of Lord's Prayer is not in your Bible unless you have a King James Version. Maybe you wonder. And also if you grew up in Catholic Church background and you don't say these in Lord's Prayer, right? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. They don't say that. Because in the early scripture, manuscript of a Matthew's gospel, the gospel didn't have, didn't have, they didn't written this part. But in the later, it's still early, like 2nd and 3rd century AD, the early church began to praise with this part after they prayed the Lord's Prayer as a doxology. It was a, this part was a praise after Lord's Prayer. So they added later so Matthew's Gospel, the King James Version, they added into the Scripture. So maybe Jesus didn't teach church about this, but church tradition added, added this part. And this part may quote it from the book of Daniel in the vision about Messiah of Daniel. Daniel said, I saw in the night visions... And behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Amen. So, how can Christian attribute 
kingdom, and power to God. First, let's think about the kingdom of the world. They control us with what? Our government, you know, any government, any, any power in the world, what do they, with what they control us? They control us with the power of oppression. By the taking people's freedom away through the law, right? They have the authority and power to rule their people. They said they have a good intention all the time. But Jesus said, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. They claim themselves as benefactors. They're good people by ruling over us with their power and authority. But Jesus teaches us different way to rule the world. Jesus said, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, one who reclines at table, or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I'm among you as the one who serves. Jesus proved it. Jesus practiced his serving to his, his disciples and people. By serving Christians, we, church, rule the world. Jesus called it the servant leadership. Servant leadership. We ruling under the people by serving them. We must reject the power of oppression from higher authority and power. And we have to reject taking freedom from people. See? This is a very hard part of being Christian. Because we are living in this earthly kingdom, yes, we are still under the oppression and the power and authority of this world. But we must, Christian must live with the kingdom perspective. We are king's men. King's people. By serving, nurturing, and sharing people. That's what Jesus taught us. To rule the world. You know what? The world takes their power and authority as a truth. They think they already have the truth because they have the power and authority. But Jesus taught us to have the truth first and then the power and authority. The church must take the truth as the power and authority. The truth becomes powerful when our confession, our faith become reality, isn't it? Without living my confession, 
my practice, my message, my teaching, I know I have no power, authority over this church. Yes, I got the title of leader pastor and bishop appointment to this church, but I know you are not under my power and authority unless I live my message, my faith, my confession into reality. Because we are all spiritual. We are all spiritual. So people know whether I have that authority or power. Then why? Why, you ask, why church, the Christian must live this hard way? Why don't we just live according to this worldly perspective and just when we die and we go to heaven and we we living under God's authority over there? Why not? Why you Jesus making our life so difficult? Because as Jesus came to us to do his mission, we are also same as we are sent by God to do the mission. Jesus called us, called us out of the world to bring the kingdom down. We're not just expect we just go up to the heavenly kingdom, but we bring kingdom down and do his will and will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's why Jesus set us free from the bondage of the law of sin and death for the real life, for the real power. But the freedom is in the bondage of love and grace of God. We received this freedom, but we voluntarily, we gave up this freedom for Christ. Apostle Paul said, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all the world, the people in the world, that I might win more of them to bring one more, more people to Christ, we are supposed to give of our freedom, living in the bondage of grace and love of Christ. So our true freedom is a becoming the subject, the principal agent of my life. To realize my will into reality. Are you the subject? Are you the principal agent of your life? Can you do things according to your faith, according to the will of God? We know sometimes we can't. We know there's a greater power in us. Sometimes we just give up being a principal agent of our life and let the world or whatever the perspective, whatever the desires, controls us. Second thing, how we attribute the 
kingdom and the power to God. Is we can give glory to God forever when we win people to God. Jesus showed us the way. Jesus was crucified and destroyed the power of evil. So our job is only witness what just happened. His victory to the world. And let the people know they are free. They can be the principal agent of their life. And we conclude our prayer, Lord's Prayer, with the praise saying, Amen. Amen. Amen is in Hebrew. It means it is true in God. So be it. So oftentimes Jesus said, truly, truly, right? The kingdom of God is truly, truly, amen, amen. So when we say amen, it means the Lord's prayer will be done. It means we will realize God's will into my life, into my reality. So we have to be careful when we say amen. It's, it's our, my pledge. It's an oath to live according to what we prayed. This is Methodist in American Sign Language. Do you know anyone, American Sign Language? This is a Methodist. And some people say this like kneeling. But most of the time in the American Sign Language they say Methodist as this. It means ardent, fervent prayer. I'm sure Methodists were known as a fervent prayer people. People of fervent prayer. Maybe they pray a lot. What about now? What about today? Are we Methodists pray ardently, fervently? Like I said, the gravity of sin continuously, constantly pull us down to evil. So we need trust, the power to ascend. That is a prayer. And being a principal agent of my life and bring my confession into reality. That's what we pray, what, why we pray. So we must pray, not just let God know what, what we need and wait, but we must be the subject to this, realize God's will into reality. So faith is action. Faith is action. And prayer is action too. I have a little frame of this words. My former member, she made this for me. Time to time, I look at this frame saying, happy moments, praise God. Difficult moments, seek God. Quiet moments, worship God. 
painful moment, trust God. Every moment, thank God. See? Prayer is action. Prayer is not just a bunch of requests to God and wait. So prayer is making our faith into reality to give God the kingdom and power and glory forever. That's our prayer. So let us pray, pray. Let us pray, pray. Today, I want to just, you know, share with you this. Uh, I have a gift for you. Actually, Dennis and Louis Haddington, they made this. Actually, they didn't make this. But the Martins in the Akron, the bakery, they made this pretzel. <laughs> when Dennis know I'm co- uh, finishing up, wrap up this sermon series this week, he suggests to me that, Pastor, why don't we just give this, you know, little pretzel? It looks like our arms kind of crossed, and we pray. So this little pretzel just reminds you we're praying for people. So as you can leave this, you know, uh, this uh, today uh, by the door, you will ha- you will see this pretzel. So please pick one, and just remind yourself that this is how we pray.